Bing ding ding ding. Welcome to the Kiwi Chiropractic Podcast. My name is Andrew McCracken and uh, I'm alone today and uh, I really want to go through a really interesting piece of research, scientific research regarding the Spanish flu um, and chiropractic and some statistics and looking at applying how that could indicate that chiropractic can actually help not only the nerve system but to help the immune system to function better. So stick with me. I want to take a really balanced look at some of these claims and some of these statistics that chiropractors put on their on their websites um, and how it relates to everyone. So a lot of people will know that in 1918, there was a flu pandemic, um, and that was known as the Spanish flu. Um, and it really swept across the world, um, they reckon also because of um, the First World War. Now, there are some interesting statistics here. So in Davenport, Iowa, um, which is obviously in America, they did a comparison study where they had 50 medical doctors caring for around 5,000 people. Um, and in the same city, they had 150 chiropractors, including students at um, the Palmer University of Chiropractic, uh, who looked after about 1,500 people. And what's interesting from this is from the 5,000 people that the medical uh, doctors looked after, there was 270 deaths roundabout. From the 1,500 people roundabout that the chiropractors looked after, there was only one death, right? So that stat in itself seems pretty amazing. It's like, wow, okay, that's that must be pretty good. Um, along with that, there's a whole bunch of other, other statistics that came up from that time as well, um, showing that uh, on average... Uh, for example, the, in the in the state in total, um, we had medical doctors treating 93,000 people with 6,000 deaths, and that's a loss of one out of every 16 people. Um, in the same state, there was about 4,700 people treated with chiropractic, uh, and they uh, lost six people. And so that was a, a one out of 789 people lost. So one in 15 or one out of every 700-odd people. Now, that's pretty amazing, Okay. But it's important whenever you look at statistics to always figure out what does that actually mean. Now, the study does also note that probably, you know, it's it's likely also, we don't know for sure, but the worst of the worst probably went to the medical doctor. That was probably what happened, right? So then already you're seeing that maybe it's not as impressive um, as before. Now, obviously, I'm a chiropractor, so I want it to be as impressive as possible, but I also want to make sure we're taking everything with a grain of salt. So, and we're really looking at the facts here. Now, if you look at um, other statistics, you're going to notice, and just bear with me as, I, as I'm reading through this, the numbers is not usually the, um, the thing that I'm going after. So um, what you're going to notice here is that in addition, um, so chiropractors, when you look at it in terms of the national figures, there was actually um, some cases where... The medical doctors had said, hey, this person is lost. We can't help them, basically just leaving them to die. And this specifically was 233 people. Um, sorry, that's in the state of Oklahoma. I'm really going all over the place with the numbers here. So 233 people in Oklahoma, medical doctors said, we cannot help this person. This person is quote unquote lost beyond hope. Chiropractors took care of them. Only 25 of those people died, right? So that's pretty interesting. And that is probably the statistic that I find the most fascinating. That's what they did, um, and that's the result. What that means is not a lot, to be honest. 
right? It doesn't mean a lot, this information. This was from a long time ago. Um, this was from a different pandemic, so you can't really relate this directly to any other type of um, influenza, you know, but it, it could be similar to COVID perhaps. Um, but what we don't know is how bad the people were. We don't know what the medical doctors did and how different the medical care back then is to it is today. We also don't know exactly what the chiropractors did. We don't know how often they were adjusting people. Um, we don't know what techniques they were doing. So you see these statistics and as a chiropractor, I think fantastic. And, and you know, I've seen things like this happen in practice, but from those statistics alone, we can't, um, you know, we can't go out there and say, hey, you know, next time you get COVID, just, just come to the chiropractor and you'll be right, mate. Um, so we've got to take it a bit more with a grain of salt. But there is some, some valuable key points here or some key ideas. Now, from practice, and specifically in New Zealand, if your child has a, a fever, a cold, a flu, a, a middle ear infection, you'll notice a lot of people are taking their kids to the chiropractor. And often, they're going to get better pretty quick. Now, the, the really typical kind of reaction that, that you hear from people is, you know, my kid had a, had a fever, uh, went to the chiropractor, and you know, it might have had that fever for a couple of days, and suddenly after an adjustment, the fever uh, got hotter, and then burnt itself out really quick, um, which you know is is not so comfortable perhaps, but could be defined as being really healthy, right? Because that fever is the body's response of trying to burn out, make the environment of the body too hot for the bacteria uh, or the virus to survive, and so. Um, that would be an example of perhaps the body being more efficient in being able to adapt to its internal environment of what's going on there. Remember, the whole purpose of a chiropractic adjustment is to get the body to be more efficient, to get the nerve system to work better. Now, if the nerve system works better, that relationship to the immune system could also function better, um, which is, I guess, the kind of point as to why there could be some validity to these numbers um, that we've gone through before. Because um, it is quite amazing. Right now, we, we hear all the time that you know basically the plan is to socially distance and get everyone vaccinated. There is no plan to get everyone adjusted by a chiropractor. Now that that wouldn't work simply because there's not enough chiropractors um, here in Germany. So that that's an issue um, in and of itself, and um, regardless of the, of the efficacy. Now, one thing that I think is worth bringing up here is to really look at the history of chiropractic. So that was in 1918. Now that kind of event there in America is often credited as really sparking the interest in chiropractic um, as, a, as a profession you know, and actually giving chiropractic that push to really develop. So chiropractic, you know, the idea of adjusting the spine with a high-velocity impulse to improve the quality of the nerve system is pretty new. I think it's um, uh, 1895. Uh, if I've got that wrong, someone's uh, going to shoot me on that, but it's um, around that time anyway. Um, and actually, you know, the the way chiropractic came about was, you know, the, the story is, is um, there was a guy who was a bit of a natural kind of healer doing alternative weird stuff. Um, and a guy came to him uh, because he heard a bit of a, a pop or something in his neck. And, uh, and then he couldn't really hear anymore out of that, that ear. Um, and what he did was he thought, all right, well, let's have a look and... He noticed that there seemed to be a bit of a bone, you know, not moving properly um, and being a bit more protuberant on one side of his neck. And he thought, well, I'll give that a bit of a whack, you know. And so he gave, gave it a bit of a, a rudimentary uh, impulse 
and suddenly the guy could hear. Um, and of course, then the the guy who's a bit of an alternative healer has gone, I've just discovered the cure to deafness, right? And so then now what, what's happening is he's advertising. I can cure your deafness. I don't care how long you've been deaf. I don't care what you got. Come to me and we're going to fix that right up. Now, of course, what happened was, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons for people not being able to hear stuff, right? So if there was an issue with the actual inner, inner ear or the, the, sorry, the apparatus of the ear um, or the acoustic eardrum and all this kind of stuff, of course, that's not going to see this magical improvement that was due to um, a change in the nerve system flow. And so then he thought, oh my goodness, so what, what is this? Why did this actually work? And then he kind of figured out, well, I guess there was some nerves around here and you know, maybe that's going to going to um, be able to affect the body and, and maybe not just help with hearing problems. Maybe actually it fixes other stuff. Maybe it's good actually just to make sure that that nerve flow is working regardless of any symptoms. You know, wouldn't that be a great idea? And actually when chiropractic first started, they didn't adjust the whole spine. They wouldn't be touching your lower back. They wouldn't be touching your pelvis. Chiropractic was concerned specifically with the first vertebra of the spine. Reason being, it had the biggest impact on the body as a whole. Um, and even to this day, you know, so in the practice we use upper cervical, so the first vertebra techniques there. Um, and someone might have something going on in a completely different part of their body, but by adjusting that first vertebra, being so close to the brain, and science shows that there's a whole bunch more receptors up there than, not, than uh, the other parts of the spine can have a monumental effect on the body. You know, you think about every message that comes out of the brain has to go past that first vertebra to get to the rest of the body. So pretty fascinating stuff. Um, and then over time, it developed into, okay, cool. Well, let's actually look at these other other um, bones in the body as well to see what's going on. So that's how it developed. And then you look at this you know, 1918 flu epidemic uh, with the Spanish flu, and then chiropractic really became part of... Um, you know, or, or seen as a way to increase the healing capacity of the body. And so particularly, there weren't really people at this stage going to the chiropractor so much for you know, back pain and headaches and neck pain. You know, that is a new thing. And this whole idea where, where people, you know, the general public, don't understand chiropractic, where they say, where they are only aware of chiropractic as something you go to after you've been to everyone else and they've told you you can't help, they can't help you. And there's a disc herniation and there's um, arthrosis in the spine and degeneration. That's completely new. And, you know, it's possible that that came about not from the fault of the public, but from the fault of the chiropractor, you know. And the reason for that is, um, you know, in about 1918, uh, sorry, 1980, 1970, 1980 uh, in America came this wave of insurance companies. And what happened there was chiropractors started to get really smart um, and I'm going to say, hopefully, you know, not all chiropractors and maybe only chiropractors who were driven by money instead of being driven by wanting to help people. They found out that by telling the insurance company that they were treating a back pain or a headache or a specific condition, musculoskeletal condition of the body, they could receive so much more money from the insurance company. So, you know, people would be coming in. And then the chiropractor in America would be writing the bill, sending that to the insurance company, and for a you know for a short appointment, they'd be you know, receiving five hundred bucks, something like that. And it became a bit of this 
Um, and obviously not all chiropractors, you know, there, there's obviously a huge number still doing it the right way for good reasons and, and ethical reasons. But what happened then was chiropractors are, are writing down, okay, I fixed this person's back pain in 12 visits, blah, blah, blah. Now the insurance companies are learning, okay, this is what chiropractic does, cool. Um, by the way, chiropractic was pretty effective in doing that, right? Because as you adjust the spine, you're improving the movement, um, which can have an effect and it combine that with affecting the nerve system and those issues that you had uh, may in fact resolve you know when the body does better by itself um, but then what's happening is that the public is learning you know chiropractors are advertising do this to come in for back pain and headaches we're going to fix that up so now the public's learning okay that's what a chiropractor does a dentist does your teeth um, a chiropractor does that an orthotics person does your feet um, and then this whole other part was forgotten um, and then the issue there is that there's a whole bunch of people who, and a whole bunch of children, and a whole bunch of teenagers, who have these autoimmune diseases, or have these um, disbalances in the, in the hormones of the body, or have these incoordinations, or have these um, this dizziness, or have this um, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, you know, whatever it is, or anxiety, you know, or depression, that could really be. Um, because of a change in the body's own ability to perceive its internal or external environment, who aren't even considering chiropractic as an option, right? When really that should be one of the first things that come to mind. People think that the word chiropractic um, means vertebra, right? But it doesn't. It, it means done by hand. So it's basically a way of getting the body back on track through using your hands. And if you look at the latest neurological research, um, it does show that what's important is that we're providing a fast impulse. They reckon faster than 200 um, milliseconds or 0.2 of a second, um, sorry, two hundredths of a second, um, to help the brain make a bit of a reset and control its body better. So it's a bit of a ramble today, you know, because I don't have a guest. I was, I was here by myself. Um, but I thought this was really a useful piece of information. And I hope that by reviewing the, the Spanish flu there and showing the statistics, but also providing a bit of a, more balanced view and um, you can kind of understand a little bit more about the history of chiropractic um, where it's come from um, and kind of how we look to do it in the practice so if there's any more questions feel free to talk to us in the practice you know <laughs> as you can probably tell I could talk on this um, for hours and I'm happy to do so um, but keep up the good work um, have an awesome rest of the week and I will see you next time cheers guys